Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. Excited you guys are here with me today. As always, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee. Thank you for your amazing products. Check those guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. How many of you have ever said to yourselves, man, I wish I had not done that, or I cannot believe I did that again. I committed that sin. I did that whatever. I can't believe I did it again. How many have ever thought that? I know I have, but here's the deal. God never says, I can't believe that they did that because our sin never catches him off guard. He knew before the foundation of the world how messed up we would be, and he still came to rescue and ransom us and and to set us apart and sanctify us. That's really good news. So on the program today, I bring my friend Zach Costello in, and we just have a conversation about this idea of God finding us blameless in his sight because of what Jesus did on our behalf. I hope it encourages you. All right, welcome to the Northfield Nation, Zach Costello. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Good. It's wonderful. What's it? What is it that Dave Ramsey says? Better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. Blessed more than I deserve. I'll borrow that. <laughs> Hashtag blessed life. <laughs> Hashtag. What's uh? What's, I haven't talked to you in a while. What's been going on? Um, just same old, really. Being a dad. Yeah, how the kind kiddos trying to be a good, good, loving, supporting, sacrificial husband. <laughs> All those words. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, my uh, my oldest will be four uh, next week, and the younger will be uh, two in in a month. Wow. And we have a third on the way. Oh, you, oh, oh! And I didn't, yeah. didn't I know that. Congratulations! I couldn't remember if I had told you that. You not. have not. So, so yeah, yeah. Not, not only that, way. tell My the wife world. Is, is about. Um, I believe she was. She's about 14, 14 ish weeks. I fourteen weeks. The, the exact number, but yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. About a third of the way into it. If you were in New York, it's good. Oh, never mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's not make people cry. I know, right? It's early God. In the program. Um, what yeah, uh, it's a blessing. It is a, a blessing on the way, and I gotta say, with with each announcement that the that the each time that this occurs, I'm uh, getting more numb to it. <laughs> yeah, you don't get <laughs> getting, as excited. Getting quite more quite used to. It. I mean, I'm still excited. You know, she told me, and it, it's hard to to not have a little bit of uh, a little bit of giddiness yeah. inside you, and you have like those excited butterflies that come from deep down you know even though i can try to be a little upset and try to be a little oh no oh you know let worry creep in because of well we're, we're not prepared what if we're not well, you're prepared? never prepared and for what about this and oh we didn't plan for this oh blah, blah, blah. my plans my plans my plans well my plans don't matter God, true story god's plans matter. god's in charge and he is sovereign and uh i trust him and so that's where the joy comes from and knowing that um it's all, it's all part of his sovereign plan. Amen. True story. <laughs> so I, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking, in a, I was thinking about talking about Ephesians one, mm. and um, God delighting. One of my favorite God's, passages. Yeah, it, it, it's one of mine as well. And I thought you might enjoy talking about that. So I'm gonna Ephesians two is 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 a more aren't you, favorite. Aren't you getting ready to me. preach a sermon on Ephesians two? I am. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't remember if uh, I had told you, you that or not, or, or mentioned it. But yeah, you but did yes, tell me that. Um, 
relatively soon. I don't have an exact date or anything uh, assigned to me yet, but yeah, soon I'll, I'll be um, preaching a sermon on Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. Nice. And I could not be more excited That's awesome. uh, for that. I suppose I could be more excited, but I, I don't know how. I'm you could. overflowing with excitement for that. So here's here's what I... I, <clears throat> I think that most Christians get the idea of God dying on the cross for them. You know, the Lord loves me. He died on the cross for my sins. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we get the idea of somewhat of, you know, yes, God loves me. God's forgiven me. God's reconciled me. God's given me... Um, uh, at a home in heaven. Yeah. But if you read in Ephesians, it talks about God delighting in us. What what do you I mean when you when you see the terminology of God delighting in us? Um what what does that what does that bring to mind? Um Well, first of all, I think one of the one of the feelings that should be raised immediately is is one of humility sure perhaps uh i mean that's what comes to mind for me uh, that he man, he delights in me mm. uh, knowing what i know about my nature who i am um the the depth of my sin mm. um how i just i constantly throughout my life uh i i, I constantly bring dishonor to the name of Christ with my sin and with my shortcomings and my weakness and just everything. Um, it brings humility for me to know that he would delight in me. Uh, uh, as Todd Friel puts it, the wretch that the song talks about, you know, um, Todd Friel, <laughs> I am that wretch. Yeah. And to think that almighty God would, would delight in me ever in the slightest, is just, uh, that's profound. I, I got to thinking about this. Um, this guy, I was sitting and talk. I was talking with him. And he's like, God, he just, I don't have, there's so many times that in life I don't even like myself. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just, I can't stand some of the things I do. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. There's oh, yeah. days that I feel the exact same way. And we're all there. But I said, read Ephesians 1 <laughs> and what God thinks of you and I. And I, I wanted to read just, just uh, we'll start in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praises of his glorious grace, which he has uh, blessed us in the beloved in him we have redemption through the blood and, and the forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches and grace which he lavished upon us with all wisdom and insight making known to us the mysteries of his will so i i read yeah. that text and it just blows me away so i said i understand what you're saying and what you think you know i can't believe that god would even how could god delight in me i'm i'm a wretch I'm yeah. a sinful wretch. And I said, man, I feel the same way. But here's what Jesus has done on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, he chose, he, here's the thing that your, your sin, my sin doesn't shock him. 
Right. It just doesn't shock God. He doesn't. Right. He's not in heaven going, oh my goodness, I can't believe that Zach did that again. Have you ever said that to yourself? You said, man, I wish, God, I can't believe I did that. Right, I can't believe I failed <sighs> again. And how many times have you have you, yeah. you've committed the same exact sin? Mm-hmm. And oh, you're yeah. just, many times. oh, you're frustrated, right? Yeah. God's not frustrated. God's God. God knew before the foundation of the world that you were going to commit those sins. He knew the the egregiousness of it, and He still came after you, anyways. Mm-hmm. What the, the text says, yeah. He adopted us. He predestined us for adoption. So He knew beforehand that we were going to be wretches. He knew that we were going to be a mess. He knew yeah. that we were going to be flawed yeah. and sinful. And I he, saw a, I saw a quote just today that kind of applies to this this same topic and it was something along the lines of that man does not seek god no god is the one seeking after us while we were the ones running yeah um this is probably a ligonier quote or something like that but it's just totally <laughs> applicable to what we're talking right. about right god is the is the seeker of man he's the one seeking out all those that are his own those that this passage is talking about exactly. those who he foreknew before the foundations of the world, those that he loved, he predestined for adoption, bringing them to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And that's the kicker, right? That's the kicker, yeah, that's the key. Through him and only through him. The crux of that Uh, text is in Christ. In him If you're outside of Christ and you're trying to do any of this, uh, no go. Yeah, I I can't remember. uh, I I have a lot of things in my head that I... (laughs) I, w- I need to really take notes more often because I have all these quotes and these great things. That, sure. You know, whatever that, that I can't remember where they came from. But um, there was another one that I was thinking of where, well, I lost it. So you lost to, it? You'll have to edit yeah. that out. It's all good. <laughs> we'll make it work. But I, 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 uh, I read that and I see this when it says that idea of adopting us. Mm-hmm. When you do, I mean, just in earthly realms, just in, in terms of earthly Adoptions. When a when a parent, when a spouse, uh, married couple gets gets a holder, or and they want to adopt a, a kid, yeah, they're doing homework. They know everything that they could possibly know. But think about God, who is infinitely more knowledgeable of everything that you and I have ever done. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he, he adopts us in. The text tells me that our position. Now here we go. I know experiential versus positional, mm-hmm. and I'm going with positional here. Before the foundation of the world, positionally, you and I are blameless. We're mm-hmm. holy. Mm-hmm. In his sight, mm-hmm. we are secure. Now, here, here's what yeah. people tend to get. Only because of his holiness. Right, exactly. And here's okay. what people tend to do is people say, well, wait a minute, Caleb. When you start talking that way, where you, oh, you're just blameless in his sight, that's going to make you want to, you could just, people are going to start, they're going to give into license. And they're just going to sin and just, because, well, they're going to think, oh, well, the license I'm, to do whatever I'm they secure want. to do whatever I want. Uh-huh. I can just, you know, God, God sees me as blameless, so therefore I'm not going to worry about it. Because yeah. in his positionally, I'm, I'm able to do whatever I want. Yeah. No. Well. I think the, at the core of that misunderstanding right there. And that's a huge misunderstanding. Huge one. At the core of that is a misunderstanding and a lack of knowledge on the natural state and depravity of man. Absolutely. If you don't understand that, then you can't understand nope. the uh, the un, unexplainable and bottomless thankfulness and humility that should flow out of knowing nope. this is who I was, 
this is who I should be according to my nature. This is who I could be. <clears throat> and here's the thing. When I was dead and lost in my sins, but God. That's Ephesians But God, two. Ephesians 2. You know, it, it's people who say that, oh, well, you're just, you're just going to have licenses because you're secure. You have licenses. I can sin. do what I want. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You're missing the point. Because God has changed me, now I respond to him in thankfulness, in humility, mm-hmm. in obedience forever. And with the idea that God already knows. Like, God mm-hmm. already knows my sins. Yeah. God knows that I... He knows what I'm going to do tomorrow. He knows the sins that I'm going to commit tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And because of that knowledge and that understanding, I know that he's already knowing. So I'm going to openly confess because he already knows. So this is going to cause in me to say, okay, because you know, I'm going to run to you because you already know. And I'm going to place this at your feet. And I'm going to openly confess, openly repent. Um, because you are, there's no sense in trying to hide it. And, you know, you know, the shame idea of, you know, just, oh, I'll just rush it under the rug. He already right. knows you did it. Stop trying to brush it under the rug and stop trying mm-hmm. to make excuses as to why oh, I don't need to confess. I'll just, I just won't do it again. I just, yeah, that, that's it. I just won't do it again. No, that's not going to fix it. That's not going to make it right. Right. The right. only way, if you confess your sins, then he's faithful and just. Yeah. Then he's faithful and just to forgive you. And if you if you don't confess it, that's I mean, I don't know. That just seems silly. If you if you know that there's a way to escape God's wrath, but yet you try to stay in your own lane and don't follow the the prerequisites that God set up for you to do, that just seems stupid. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I I put it this way that Jesus. You continually confess your sins because you understand that it, first of all, it helps heal you. Mm-hmm. Scripture talks about that. Not not only confessing your sin to God, but confessing your sin to others, mm-hmm. to brothers who can help lift you up and support you in the Accountability faith. in that. Accountability. Yeah. Um, we confess our sins, first of all, because we're called to, we're yeah. commanded to. Yeah. But second of all, that brings healing. Mm-hmm. And it also brings that reminder that we are constantly at battle with our flesh. We're not perfect. We're not. Uh, we're a new creation in Christ. Sure, Scripture tells us that. We now have the ability to do what's pleasing to God. We have the ability and the desire to to please Him and obey Him and follow Him. We want those things because He's changed our heart. Yeah. He's changed our disposition. Yep. It's all new. But we're st- we still have that battle with our flesh, and we're going to have that battle until the day of glory. Yep. So one of the one of the other things that this guy was talking to me about, he goes, "I just feel like sometimes God's annoyed with me coming to Him." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I've heard that before. I, I've heard, you know, <laughs> how how could God not? Because we as human beings, if somebody comes to us, like our kids, if our kids come to us with the same thing over and over again, you're like, fine, stop, please stop, quit. <laughs> like I've done it to my kid. Oh, shoot, I just did it." You know, today I was just like, guys, yeah. you guys gotta quit. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to view our heavenly father the way we view our earthly fathers, and our earthly fathers get yeah. annoyed with us when we continue to bring the same kind of conversation, same kind of uh, requests to yeah. him. But he doesn't get annoyed with us. He, in no. fact, longs for us to bring these before him, bring the bring the petitions, bring our prayers before mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and and he he. He delights in having conversations with us. 
Yeah. Um, like I was saying then before, it's it brings a it brings a healing. Yeah. When you do that, when you confess, and when you're when you're constantly bringing your shortcomings and your failings to God, and and saying, God, I sinned against you. Please cleanse me of this. Uh, pull me to yourself. Draw me to yourself. Yeah. Train me in your ways. You know. Uh, the prayer of David, train me to love your law, cause me to walk in your precepts. And there's and um, there's an example right there, you know, David. Yeah, I mean, prime example. Pri- I mean, that <laughs> was he was he sinful? Sure, <laughs> absolutely. But yet, what was his overall demeanor? What was his desire? Yeah. I, I heard something just recently the other day. Um, what the, what distinguished David? And why you'll hear the why you hear the phrasing that he was a man after God's a man after God's own heart mm-hmm. um, and things like that. What distinguished David was that he was repentant. That's it. What marked his life was repentance, repentance. and a godly sorrow over he, his sin. He wanted to, and that only comes from exactly. God Himself. Yep. When you have that. That should give you assurance. And one of the things that he constantly, over and over and over again, always asked for, he was like, God, I just want to be in your presence. Mm-hmm. I want to be close to you. I want to be in your house. Over and yeah. over, if you read through the Psalms, mm-hmm. over, the overarching theme in the Psalms is, I want to be close to you. I want to know you. I yeah. want to be yeah. next to you. I want, you know, your your love is better than mm-hmm. life itself. Mm-hmm. Psalm 63. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and he was also constantly praying for God to continually change him, right? Mm. And continually mold him, recreate right desires within him. Yeah. You know, that I, as you were speaking, the Shane and Shane song started playing in my in my head, creating me a clean heart, yeah. oh God. That was his prayer uh, in, in many different ways yeah. throughout the psalm. Creating me a clean heart, change my heart. Uh, Break me from the inside. Change who I am. You know, mold me. Um, that should be our prayers as as believers, right? It should. That that should. It, it, we should be marked and uh, you mark it down. If anybody is staying away from, because here's what I mean. Back to that idea that because yeah, there was a person one time that came to our church back when I was you know I was actually little. Um, so I, I didn't hear it. This is just me. I heard it through the grapevine type thing. Mm. Um, this person came up to one of our deacons and said, listen, now that I'm saved, I can do whatever I want. And uh-huh. they disappeared. <laughs> like they never came back to church. Uh-huh. And my dad said it for years, mark it down. Yeah. If, if anybody quits church, like just drops out cold turkey, you can mark it down. There's sin somewhere in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's unrepented of. And it's yeah. unconfessed sin. I'd go as far as to say that number one, they didn't understand the gospel no. in the first place. Absolutely not. Number two, they did not understand their own depravity. Mm-hmm. They did not understand their position before God. Yep. God's here, you're there. He was a fire insurance policy. If you people could <laughs> yes. If you people could see what I'm doing right now, my right hand is way, way up, up here. High. And my left hand just it fell off my body. It's, <laughs> it's almost to the floor. <laughs> it, number two, he did not understand his own depravity and his need no. for a savior. And number three, I'm sorry, he wasn't saved. Nope. And he that's the not. problem when I think a majority of people in the church is they they get this fire insurance policy that they think mm-hmm. I'm 
I'm oh I I'm missing hell and I'm gonna get heaven, but I don't have to do. There's yeah. no sacrifice. There's no righteous living. There's no mm-hmm. sanctification necessary. I'm yeah. now set because Where's I said a prayer. Exactly. Where's the fruit? That's exactly. the question. And just for you people out there that are gonna get a little angry and a little offended at what I just said a minute ago, I did not say he was beyond saving. No. What I said was that someone that is that is putting forth that type of attitude, yep. someone that uh, that does exactly what Caleb just described, I'm sorry, they are not saved. They are not saved because Ephesians makes it clear, Paul makes it clear in Romans, you see it over and over again in the teachings of Jesus and in John, 1 yeah. John, 2 John, 3 John, all of it. If you love me, you will obey my commands. That's it. That's the bottom line. If you the, the love Christ. The mark of a believer, you should obedience. be showing the fruits yep. of that that change. You are a new creation. A new creation does not continue doing the things they did before. And if they do any of the things they did before, then they have a godly sorrow over yeah, it. Absolutely. There's, and I've said this a hundred times, that if if you can sin and it doesn't bother you, that's a good indication that you do not belong to Christ because Hebrews yeah. tells us... Or at least, uh, at the very least, that you need to check your heart. Check your very heart. Very seriously. You, you pulled a John Chris there. Check your heart. <laughs> check your heart, Check bro. your heart, bro. Um, but no, Hebrews tells us that, that the Lord disciplines his kids. If he's not disciplining you, if, if you're sinning and you're not getting disciplined over it, there is a very good potential that you're not one of his kids mm-hmm. he's not going to let sure. his kids run rampant sin runs allow sin to run rampant in his kids lives mm-hmm. there will be some sure. type of discipline that takes place in the life of um his kids mm-hmm. period so and it's not to say that those who are without christ who sin are uh, don't experience any consequences you know? no there's consequences they yeah they'll experience those consequences but like you said that it's it's a it's a night and day difference in that the believer will eventually, God's timing and God's will, will experience some sort of discipline. There yeah. will be some sort of action that is taken, and that is love. Absolutely. Him then, eventually reaching out, grabbing you forcefully if need if be, need be, and turning you back around, even if it's really, really painful. He'll put people in your path. He'll uh, cause you to hear a sermon. He'll Do cause something. you to read something. I mean, something is going to occur. That and there may be even issues where your health goes you. south, if if need sure. be. <clears throat> I'm sure uh, there's examples. I know that there's that. that teaching that you know, you know, if health, wealth, and prosperity. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. But there's mm-hmm. been moments, yeah, sure. uh, where God afflicts people to get them to repent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, sure. he. He does the thing. If, if if the goodness of God doesn't cause you to repent, the severity of Christ will. Um, his wrath, uh, and that's we have to be mm-hmm. careful of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Discipline is is and can be painful, but it is absolutely necessary. Necessary, and yeah. I I have never met a Christian ever that I can think of that said. I experienced the discipline of God. I was doing this, that, and the other thing, um, rebelling against him. I knew it was wrong. I was convicted about it, 
but the whole it. time the Holy Spirit was wrenching my my gut, my insides, and I, I knew it was wrong, pursued it anyway, and eventually this thing it came, happened. It came to a head. Something happened and yep. God broke me over it, and I experienced this hardship, that hardship, and yep. this uh, this affliction, this turmoil, and finally, boy, it set me straight. And I've never met a Christian who then was mad at God. No. Because of that discipline, because of that correction. They were saying, praise God, thank God that he pulled me away from that, it's a warm that blanket. thing that I was pursuing. Back to Ephesians 1, this is a warm blanket that says, mm-hmm. listen, before the foundation of the world, I knew you and I drew you in. Yeah, That is a mm-hmm. warm blanket to know that Christ pursues us yeah. even in the midst of our wickedness. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't abandon those no. that are his own. He no. won't leave you. Those they're they're he will cause those that are his to per- persevere to the end. Yeah, and if back to in Ephesians two, it says we're dead in our sins. Mm-hmm. We're, we're dead in our sins, but God came and He rescues us mm-hmm. and He redeems us. So that's I mean, because He's what? Because He's God, rich in mercy. Well, rich in mercy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I, it's like. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't uh, indicate clearly. Didn't, no, where I was yes, going with it. no, rich in mercy. Rich yes, in absolutely, mercy. He's rich in mercy and 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 full of grace. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty that he, then to know that he delights in us um, is a humbling yeah. thing to think about. Amen. And yeah. so as we end this thing, I just want everyone that's listening to our voice, just know that if God's pursuing you, if God's, that's a good thing, mm-hmm. and, and just. If there's moments where you've been convicted over sin, this is the time to pray. Mm-hmm. This is the time mm-hmm. to say, God, I... There's a reason for that conviction. Exactly. You should be thankful for that conviction. Like you, like you just said, if God's pursuing you, guess what? Sometimes that pursuance is manifested through mm-hmm. conviction. Yeah. If you're being convicted, that's a good thing. Don't Absolutely. run. Don't run from that. Don't. Don't run from it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the program today, and uh, just absolutely, I enjoyed I enjoy our conversations, and uh, I, do this, too, I think this is your third show, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's your third show, but yeah, I appreciate it. It's always edifying, man. I, I appreciate what you're doing, and yeah, I pray that God blesses your ministry. Appreciate that, sir. Would you, that, uh, um, those of you who are out there listening, gosh, don't ignore that the convictions in your mm-hmm. heart. Nope. Don't ignore it. Come to Christ. Repent of your sins. Trust alone in Him. Mm, yeah. Amen. Would you uh, dismiss us in prayer? Absolutely. Thanks. Lord God, um, our gracious, loving Father, um, we are just so thankful um, that you pursue us, Lord. Mm. God, we are so thankful that it is not left up to us in our sinful, fallen state to try and by some miracle, find you. Because mm. we can't. Yep. We can't find you. Your word is clear on that, Father. We are so grateful that you reached down and in your infinite knowledge uh, and wisdom, you chose to change us. You chose to give us a new heart of flesh, take out our heart of stone. Mm. God, we are so uh, eternally grateful that you are who you say you are, and that is a holy, righteous, and saving God. Yes. 
God, we just pray that people would be uh, convicted and changed by uh, the proclamation of your gospel, that you would reach out to your own. Uh, we know that you will not lose one of all those that are yours, Father, and we thank you for that. And give us the boldness to preach that message of the gospel so that those who are your sheep will hear it and they will come running to you, their Savior, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.